Craft Beer Radio, episode 191 on September 25th. Craft Beer Radio, episode 191 on September 25th, 2011. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. We're back and doing more Imperial Stouts. Emptying out the fridge. Yeah, fridge and cellar. So what do you want to do first? Uh, well, let's go with the small one. The small... The diminutive bottle. Yes, the small bottle, I should say. This is the North Coast Old Rasputin. Don't vintage date their bottles, which is unfortunate. I always wish Old Rasputin would because um, I've generally keep uh, several vintages of this and never really plan ahead and write the year yeah. on the label. It's a Russian Imperial Stout, 9% alcohol by volume, 75 IBUs. Pour is dark as the darkest night. North Coast Brewing is in Fort Bragg, California, which is way up north. I haven't been there myself. But, um, it's got a it's got a hoppy caramel smell to it. I'm smelling, you know, a big, big, big chocolate roasty aroma. A little coffee, you know, on the aroma. Just, you know, doesn't really have that. What I, we, what I would trademark, you know, call a trademark or a patent um, imperial stout aroma. It Can smells I smell more like yours? a roasty stout. Yeah, we're trading. Uh... No, it smells the same. Yeah. From aroma alone, it, it, I would say, oh, this smells more like just an American, you know, stout, you know, robust stout or something. Yeah, like that. kind of like kind of like the Sierra Nevada that we just had. You know, that's kind of what you think when you smell what you're smelling. Where an imperial stout, I would expect a little little warming from the alcohol, maybe a little more um, more roast. You know, like darker, like yeah. like, like a French roast. Yeah, and, and some some like. Um... Some volatiles in there, some like nutmeg or cinnamon mm-hmm. aroma, something like sure. that. That smells good. So I'm going to go into the flavor, but yeah, it is. It's really dark. I don't see any highlights. We were drinking these out of big, big bold snifters. There are Unibrew Modit snifters. Hmm. Hoppy. Yeah, it's it's pretty hoppy. It it. it... It maintains that hoppiness that I that I smelled in the beginning, mm-hmm. pretty strongly. And it, it's interesting because seventy five IBUs is for for a strong nine percent beer. That's not incredibly bitter, and it's not too bitter. But hops are really coming through strong, and they're almost overpowering some of the roast you might expect. Yeah. Well, for for the first sip, it, I tasted almost all hops. Right. Yeah. I took two more sips while Greg was um, you know giving his observations. And uh, I'm starting to get more roasted. I'm getting a little bit of brewer's licorice or anise, something like that. I'm getting yes more of the roast is coming through. So it is starting to taste more like an imperial stout. This is a hoppy one. It's one of the hoppier ones that you know that I've I personally think that. But I've along come with that roast, then the bitterness starts to come through too. It's one of the reasons I like aging the old Rasputin for a few years before I drink it because. I don't know. Hoppy Imperial Stouts really aren't what I go to. Right, yeah. So you put a couple years on this thing, and, and it, I think it dials it into where, you know, I like to have them. This is still pretty strongly hoppy. Mm-hmm. It's, um... This one might be this year's, last year's vintage. I'm not sure. It's a year-round brew, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it was put out in the fall or wintertime. The one thing I can... <laughs> I can say that the, the hops do, excuse me... <laughs> Is that they keep that fusel alcohol thing down, you know, or the at least the alcohol oh. feeling. It doesn't. They they take out that mm-hmm. part of it where you feel the alcohol burning or whatever. Yeah, because you get that other zing, right? You get the the, yeah. the, the acidity from the hops. Is you know, it's kind of in the carbonation zing. You're not going to really notice the alcohol. I'm sorry, you can feel a little bit, you know. I'm, yeah, a few you, sips now, and you can tell that it's it's like nine percent. Um, certainly, let me know that. It's, it's definitely different, though. It's not your... T- you know, to call it a Russian Imperial Stout 
I wouldn't say this this would be on point if I had to judge, let's say. <laughs> so you would call it an imperial style, but because they called it Russian imperial, you would think you're looking for something a little more authentic, I guess, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, in in any of these competitions, you can put this wherever you want. Yeah. They could call this a strong style or, you know, they call it an IPA for all they, you know, for all they cared. But if I were judging it strictly on what I know about the BJC guidelines for Russian imperial stout, this would not fit. It's way too hoppy. It's not roasty enough. It's just, it well, doesn't see, fit that style. Now, you, you can make the, the style argument. I wouldn't, I would say it wouldn't, the whole doesn't fit. No, I think it, it can't fit, right? It, it, the window's big enough. Okay. So it really comes down to personal preference on whether you like the hoppy side or you don't like the hoppy side. And, and you know, it would really come down to flight and how well it all comes together compared to other ones. On Possibly. How I, I, I mean, but, I'm, I mean, I'm I, thinking I'm about judging. If I was looking at buying a six-pack of old of new old Rasputin versus a six-pack of maybe one of these other beers that aren't as hoppy, you know, I would know after tasting them, you know, I prefer the one that isn't as hoppy. But, I mean, we, we've talked before about how flight matters, but flight tends to matter more when you're doing a bunch of different styles. Not when you're doing one, you know, one big of one style. So if, if you had a whole bunch of Russian Imperial Stouts that were more stylistically on point, and then this one, this one would would stand out like a, you know, this one would be a kind of a red flag. We'd be like, whoa, there's something different there. Now, I'm not suggesting this does, makes it a not, not a good beer. I'm just saying this, it makes it, if you're expecting a traditional Russian Imperial Stout by the BJCP guidelines... You will. This is not what you will be getting. Okay, so we, we, before we quote the BJCP guidelines too much, and let's make sure we're right here. Yeah. So, okay. So here's what we got: 13F Russian Imperial Stout. Aroma, rich and complex, with very amounts, variable amounts of roasted grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hops, and alcohol. You know, it doesn't say some hops. It says hops. Yes. You know, so it can be, you know. Moderate to, you know... The aroma was not altogether that complex, though. I will say that. Yeah, so the roasted malt character can take on coffee, dark chocolate, or slightly burnt tones. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead until I find where it says what the hops should come out as. Uh, esters can be dark fruit plums, prunes, raisins. Hop aroma can be very low to quite aggressive. It may contain any hop variety. Hop aroma... Yeah, so flavor, um, rich, deep, complex, frequently quite intense, variable amounts of roasted multigrains, maltiness, fruity esters, hop bitterness, and flavor in alcohol. Okay, so I'm going to go down to where they talk about the hop flavor, which is after the esters. Malt backbone can be balanced and supportive to rich in barley wine, to, so balanced and supportive to rich in barley wine-like. It may optionally show some supporting character... Supporting caramel, brandy, and toasty flavors. So actually, it doesn't say hop forward anywhere in here. Yeah. That's what I was, you know, I'm, I was going my memory here. And I don't remember it saying, you know, hops can be aggressive in the aroma, but they're not expected yeah. so to be aggressive So basically, it can be from balanced to sweet to, to barley wine-like, like it says, but it doesn't talk about a hop forward. Um, so yeah, you were you were right. You know, this was something this hoppy. Judging in a home brew competition, mm-hmm. it might need some 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 penalization because it's hop forward uh, imperial stout. Or you would just put it in another category. You would run it as a imperial stout, and then it would it would work fine in, in the general imperial stout category. I think it's just a hoppy right. imperial stout. Peter Buchart is like spitting at the radio right now. <laughs> well, no, I mean, <laughs> you know, for, for Peter and and all the you know all all the the, the Peter people. Who who agree with Peter and say you know styles? I I essentially agree. We shouldn't judge a beer solely on styles. What I am saying is that if you said to me this is a Russian Imperial Stout, then you are specifically saying this is this is akin to a style. If you're saying this is just a dark beer, enjoy it. So I then I, I've used this. I actually used this analogy last night, right? Where so let's recap a little bit on Peter Bukart. He is the brewer at New Belgium Brewing Company. Yes, and he. He rebels against the notion of beers needing to be in a style. Um, to really sum it up shortly, the styles follow the brewer's innovation by three or four years, right? Brewer makes a new beer, 
Lots of brewers make that kind of beer. The style's invented, right? Um, North Coast so has been brewing this beer for a while. So it's all about if the beer is good or not, right? And I am always very careful never to ding a good beer for simply being off style. Now, I have a couple, two things I want to add to that. Okay. You mentioned just just a minute ago where you would say, you know, if someone tells you this is a Russian Imperial Stout, no, it's not. You know, it's just a dark coffee beer. I take a little bit of a different stand where I would say I use the styles as mileposts, as, as benchmarks, right? You know, it, it's, it's a shared vocabulary we have with the listeners. So we say start with the Russian Imperial Stout, but hop it up, right? That tells people. But that doesn't explain this beer. Well, this beer is not a hopped up version of a okay, Russian but Imperial you can, Stout. You can, it's still it's still the best place to start describing it. I don't it. think so. This beer is is a is a, a American Stout that's strongly hopped. It doesn't have the the fruitiness. Okay. It does not have those okay. plum notes. You know those dark fruit okay. notes. You're right. You're right. Okay. All right. So yeah, I mean, I guess starting with uh, just an American, you know, American stout, like something like Sierra Nevada, and then right. drive people in from there. That's probably a better place to start. You're right on that one. And then the only other thing I had that wanted to say about style is when you enter your homebrew in a homebrew competition, that is a necessary evil, right? You're there yeah. are guidelines and right wrong. You're not entering homebrews in a comp, in a homebrew competition. Just to enjoy drinking beer, you are competing. Yes, and because you're competing, there are rules, and there it, have it, to be rules, or else right. the competition makes no sense. Right. So, knocking a beer like this one in the category, so just you know, commenting that it's bad, maybe taking some points off on flavor, you know, it might still win, right? Because in in many homebrew competitions, there's lots of bad beers. Right. <laughs> uh, but you do have to you do have to document that this beer is off style. Yes, and I think that's what that's all I'm saying. And if you want a, a, a pretty hoppy, big American stout, I think this would do you pretty well. This is you know nice West Coast big hoppy stout. Does not have those caramel dark fruits roast. I mean, there's a little bit of roast there, but then the bitterness really comes in and, and kind of blows that out of the water. Okay, so let's do ours uh, west to east. All right, do the one in Colorado. Avery's Czar. They also call it a Russian Imperial Stout. Hopped with Magnum and German Hillertau, malted with two-row barley, black, chocolate, Carafa 111, Cara 8, Cara 45, and honey malt. That's a big malt, Bill. Here, I just, you know, you'll be able to smell it when it's in your glass, but for just some reason, I just opened the cap and got the swift. That smells so good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> We're just sniffing the, uh, the lip of the bottle and uh, has a very... This is our first bomber of the night, too. Interesting aroma going on. Is original gravity of 1.10, alcohol by volume of 11.03. That's pretty specific. IBU's 60. It's seasonally produced from November through February. Available in 22-ounce bombers and uh, certain varieties of kegs. Avery is in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, we've both been to the brewery. Yes. that was. They were good guys there. Yeah, they gave us. A, we were there with Patrick from the brewery and and all the other brewery folks, and uh, yeah, they gave us a good good VIP tour. We had a great tour of New Belgium, and we had a really good tour of, a- of Avery. And don't forget Odell. Doug Odell gave us. A good oh tour yes, too. that's true too. But that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. So the first thing you know that is noteworthy in the aroma on this one is caramel. I'm getting this big caramel flavor, and maybe it's not huge. But flight matters, right? And because the other beer was so hoppy and, and roasty, all I smell in contrast in this one is caramel. You're going to think I'm I'm silly. <clears throat> what would you say if I said I'm getting a smell reminiscent of squid ink? I don't know squid ink well enough. I have an idea. But I, I pictured it, that as a much more earthy smell, earthy flavor. Like, uh, describe squid ink for me, since you probably know it more intimately okay. than I do. I, trying to describe it flavor-wise. Because I definitely smell it here. It is not fishy. 
Right. I'm thinking it's kind of... Um, how would I describe that? Imagine a fermented plum. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. You know, like... A, yeah, there's a little hotness, like for something like fermentation, and I was going to say... Maybe it's it's a little. Um, isn't there like a little zing to it? Like there's a little yes. bit of acid in there. Yeah, or a like fermented that? plum with a bit of a lime or something yeah. twist to it, and that's kind of what I'm smelling here. Is it smells like like squid ink? It's it's really interesting, and I I personally love squid ink, and I think you know, people are like, oh my god, squid ink. But if you taste it, you would agree it's really delicious stuff. I don't know whether I haven't tasted the beer yet, so I don't know whether it tastes like squidding, but I'm smelling a little bit of actually this one is ten point eight two oh. alcohol by volume with seventy IBUs. That's what the label says at least. I was looking for a vintage marking on this label because I've had this one for a while. Yes, yeah, so they probably changed their recipe a bit. And and I was looking for vintage because I do smell some some a little bit of oxidation, but all in a good way. It's a little sherry. It's a little. Um... Oh, wait, there's the vintage right on top. It's 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 in the it's a crest of arms is the label, and this is a 2009 vintage of the Czar. Okay. The color is once again dark. They're actually uh, crimson highlights, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's a little not as opaque as the uh, older Sputin. So this is like, remember we were talking to the style guidelines where it talked about it could be balanced to barley wine-like? Mm-hmm. Definitely barley wine-like. Yeah. It has a lot of barley flavor. And not really roasted barley, right? It has just, I mean, there's roast in there. Yeah. But for me, the main flavor is this, oh, that's so good. Now I'm getting a different flavor coming through. <laughs> but right up front, it if I was blindfolded again, I'm not sure I would call this a black beer. Because it's just a big, rich barley flavor there. Like a barley wine. Yeah. A big, sweet barley flavor. It's it's got a, a a coating a sweet coating you know that you get from those barley wines. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it kind of coats your tongue with a little bit of caramel, and or, or toffee flavors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also got some darkness to it. It's got uh, it's it's got a little it's got a definite you know alcohol kick to it. Uh, it has those what I was really looking for in the Imperial Stout that has those, of, has those dark not, fruity esters too. The, the, the esters and the um the phenols it's got those you know the spicy notes the, okay. the the clove and and the nutmeg and stuff like that sure sure maybe even a little bit of um like grains of paradise or something in there like just a... maybe i think grains of paradise tend to be a little sweeter okay yeah i mean i'm not talking about like potent like like yeah. the sam adams summer ale or anything but right. i'm getting a little spice and it's not quite black pepper or anything so i was thinking grains of paradise would be a good way to call that one in Oh, did you? I don't know if you saw my tweet. I'm going to the uh, Alton Brown book signing on the fifth. Where is it? It's at Penguin Books in Swickley. It's um, it's forty five dollars, which includes the book. Which one? Good Eats three. I I figured the dude helped me lose fifty pounds. That's less than a dollar a pound. I should should there you go. go. I just. Say hi. Did you see that he sent out that fanifesto, like how you should act when you meet I, him on the I saw something about that. Yeah, no, he he doesn't understand social media that much, does he? <laughs> he's ever since Good Eats ended, he's started tweeting and stuff. Yeah, and he does fairly well. But I mean, I'm sure you were familiar with like how like he doesn't do email, like he didn't have any online presence when yeah. he was doing Good Eats. So yeah, I'm not so sure he. Um, Gets the online media thing all that well. Which is okay. You don't have to get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't. I mean, I like how he does. I don't care if he's my best bud Mm -hmm. at the book signing or not. You know, I'm going to say, Alton, thanks. You taught me how to cook. Yeah. And and liver let diet was the the cornerstone of helping me lose 50 pounds. So I think that there is um, a lot I really like about Alton Brown. I think that from what I've read, he can kind of come off as something of a jerk. I think you just need to take it with a grain of salt. You need to take it with a grain of salt. And that's fine. Because like you said, he has done so much to help me, you know, love cooking. And, you know, I appreciate it. I still appreciate the work he does. And, you know, know, I think that uh, 
example totally out of left field. Christian Bale is kind of a jerk, but I still like the movies he does. Well, it's not, I don't expect... Actually, part of his fanifesta was, you know, we're typically um, signing to Airplane, right? So we're not going to be hanging out at the local pub or anything. And I yeah. wasn't expecting to be hanging out at the local pub with Alton. You know, but just, I just figured I should go. I, uh, I, I'm very interested to hear the... Uh... And I'm curious to see what is in these Good Eats books. It might be a good book. It, I mean, if I was just looking at them on Amazon and was going to buy one or not, I'm not sure if I'd buy the Good Eats book or not, you know? Because you can get all the recipes online. Yeah. You can get most of the videos online. Well, he said that the recipes are updated. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. You know. I don't know. Sometimes I think his recipes are, I mean, like, well, we can talk about this in the post show. Sure. Yeah. yeah Let's I just go back wanted, to the beer. I just wanted to mention that, yeah, I'm going to see, I'm going to see him. I'm not, I guess I'm not excited like a fanboy, but it'll, it'll be nice because... But yeah, you gotta. You don't. You can't expect Alton's gonna treat you like he knows you, because yeah. he's just. He calls himself quasi famous, but he's pretty famous. I mean, compared. Yeah, I mean it's it's not like you know we've had people come up to us and be like, oh wow, and we're like, we're nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, we are nothing. But you know he he has tens of thousands of people that know yeah. him. You know, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people. We have maybe thousands, maybe yeah. so. Anyway, well, yeah, let's get back to the beer. This is tasty. This is the Czar from Avery, uh, 2009 vintage. I paid $7.99 for it somewhere. Um, it's a good price. Yeah, it's a good price. I think I might have... For $7.99, I might have got this out of Vintage Estates. I might have bootlegged it back across the state border. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. I'm trying to remember who does I think it. you're allowed to do that. No, no. What? No. Pennsylvania ain't getting taxes on that. You, there is no legal provision... To bring alcohol from outside the state into the state in your car. But they're not going to. If you want it to be legal, right? If I wanted to send a check to Harrisburg to pay tax on beers I bring back, you, you couldn't do it if you wanted to. Really? Yeah, there's no legal provision. To so, like, that. when I go down to Maryland and get stuff from Chevy Chase and bring it back, that's illegal. Oh, you're bootlegging. You're literally bootlegging. I mean... Not, I'm not exaggerating. It is technically yeah, bootlegging. I know, but you know, there's there's technical things like you're not allowed to watch a cow on Saturday. You know, there's things <laughs> in the law like that where it's like they're not going to enforce it unless you're bringing, tra- you know. Yeah, I mean that's part of the loads. thing. There's you know this whole liquor store privatization. This is another post show thing, but you know part of the studies is look at all the revenue that Pennsylvania is losing by people, like especially around the Philly area, going to New Jersey to buy beer or Maryland to buy uh-huh. beer, mostly New Jersey from the Philly area. And, um, yeah, because, like, because Lou, Lou Bryson, I heard this from him, he looked into it, he's like, okay, I want to bring beer back from another state, or, or, or booze back from another state, right. you know, he's a big spirits writer, too, and he inquired on how he could do that legit, and, and they're like, we don't want you to send us money, you're not allowed to do that, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, fine, I guess I'll just bootleg. The, the, when you have no other option, and when, frankly, it's something that, okay, the letter of the law says you, you shouldn't be able to do that, but from, you know, the spirit of the law doesn't really say that. The spirit of the law essentially says, you know, if you're doing it on your own, you're not giving it out to kids, and you're just going to drink it on yourself. You're not selling it. Yeah. You're fine. So what do you taste back in the czar as we're wrapping this thing, the czar up? Still, lots of barley wine flavor there. Lots of mm-hmm. lots of toffee, some prune mixed in there. But really, if I, like I said, I love I those was, phenols. I love those, mm-hmm. you know, those peppery notes. Yeah, it's good. If I was blindfolded, I'm not sure I would have called this a black beer or, or stout. It's hard to say because I'm not blindfolded yeah. and I know I'm doing an imperial stout show. But there's such a sweet flavor there. I we like, haven't done a blind show in a while. I was listening to to the last one we oh, did. Oh yeah, the the literally blind, and uh, that was fun. It'd be fun to yeah. do that again, but I mean, with all that with the kids and stuff, it's hard to because we we'd have to have Heather or somebody. We could probably do another literally blind show. We just need a volunteer to. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I mean, basically, beers. what we need that to time do... we had Tom Schmidlin pick out the beers, and okay, he sent us you know an, an, an interesting selection. Well, the other time we did a blind show, um, had Hart, you know, who worked he worked yeah. at the Sharp Edge at the time. Now he works at Piper's. Uh, told heather what to buy you know beers that were because we wanted beers that were um typical of the style not beers that were you know oddballs because we wanted you know because if you're blindfolded or drinking beers we were just drinking beers blind that time we didn't know what they were uh 
you don't want things that are well it is you don't want things you don't want things that don't taste like the style they're supposed to be in i remember the forum post the first time we did it from uh, from a guy yeah. who um, <laughs> who just yeah. nailed us thought we were the worst because we couldn't guess the styles correctly and that was like that's not the point of the show that is so not the point of the show <laughs> it's not it's not about us guessing the styles I'll hit up someone and I'll work with Heather and she'll get us some beers for a uh whether it is the whether we the the beers themselves are blind to us or whether we're literally blindfolded mm-hmm. we'll see cuz they were both fun. <laughs> I I I really did I mean I like them both. I like the literally blind the best because you're really coming in with absolutely mm-hmm. no preconception whatsoever. Yeah. You just have your your nose and your tongue. Your tongue and um, I mean, you have your your skin in your ears also, but they don't they don't contribute well, very know, much. They don't contribute very much to. You the, have uh, a lot more than five senses. Let's put it that way. But so we're doing west to east, and I'm looking. Is Brooklyn, New York? Brooklyn, New York is farther west than Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So we got to do this one next. All right, then guess. Which one we're doing? If this we're doing one doesn't Brooklyn. have this one doesn't have the same kind of low seven ninety nine price tag on it. This one says no. twenty six ninety nine. Well, let's see if it's worth it. This is Brooklyn's Black Ops, and this should be vintage dated. And it is... the link I gave you is wrong. The link I gave you is to their Black Ops hat. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing I saw on their website. They didn't have I didn't see a website on their or. Uh... Is this a Brewmaster's Reserve or is this a? Uh, yeah, I believe it's under Brewmaster's Reserve, but I'm not positive on that. They say there are only one thousand cases, so the year they brewed one thousand cases. Um, the like batch number is three thousand four hundred forty-eight. No vintage on this side that I see. It's a couple years old. Hmm. I think it's the second time they brewed Black Ops. That nice pop, I love that sound. Yeah. So, Brooklyn has that warm room, right? They built it for Brooklyn Local One, Local Two, where they do these are bottle conditioned beers. They came in Cajun cork, obviously. That's the sound, that pop that you heard. They um, put in the priming sugar. They put in the beer. They cork it, and they, instead of keeping it, they keep it in a temperature controlled warm room, which is you know not hot, not warm, but warmer than refrigeration, and they carbonate the beers that way. See if I can find, <clears throat> excuse me, any more information on Black Ops, and it, it's uh... so I got some info on the label here. I'll just run through that real quick. We have uh, stout aged in bourbon barrels. It is ten point seven percent alcohol by volume. It's one hundred percent bottle refermented. It's one point nine point four fluid ounces. Eleven point six percent, and I'm getting a lot of nail polish off of it. Ten point seven for this one. Nail polish remover? Yeah. Acetone, huh? A lot of acetone right away. I'm not. I wouldn't call that... I'd call that that warming. I wouldn't call that acetone. No. That's bourbon. That's oak. Now it's it's bourbon. (laughs) Okay. The first thing I was smelling was acetone. Maybe it just needed... Yeah, maybe some circuits are crossed or something. Or it just needs a little Because it it is... I mean, they're not that far off what we are smelling, right? Um, The oak smell... Well, it's more of a bourbon smell than an oak smell, right? I mean, you get that high alcohol aroma. Right. And usually, you know, it's not... It's it's a little more rich and not as sweet and burny as acetone. But they're, they're in the ballpark, so I can see why he said that. It's definitely a little woody. Yeah. It's got, yeah, actually a lot woody. It's had has a, a really strong uh, woody aroma. Um, getting alcohol, too. So 11... It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a whiskey aroma. It's yeah. a bourbon aroma, for sure. I am wagering... So this is me trying to remember what Garrett Oliver said after I was talking... You know, when, I, when I was talking to him after several beers. And I, if I had to guess which distillery barrels they use, I'm pretty sure it's Woodford Reserve. So this is 10.7, which means it's the 2008 version. 
Um, so yeah, it is uh, aged for four months in bourbon barrels, bottled flat, and re-fermented in the bottle with champagne yeast. Yep. It smells really good. I'm just... This is one of those air freshener type deal things. You just <laughs> want to smell it and smell it and smell it. It's a little high alcohol to me. There's a little bit of an alcohol stuff for me to, to bring it a real air freshener. Right. Yeah, after I said I didn't think like car air freshener. <laughs> yeah, imagine I'm that thinking... you had your car and a cop then opened the door. It's like, jeez. It's a, it's a commercial <laughs> where like, yeah. you have all the liquid overflowing right, yeah. in the car. Moving on to the flavor. Wow, that's a oh, that's a bourbony, oaky flavor. A lot more oak in the flavor than bourbon, I think. But really, um, a couple, couple points, a couple uh, impressions from the very first sip. The mouthfeel of the body wasn't as full as I expected. It was a little th- thin right in front. Champagne yeast. And then, then the, uh, yeah, then it was a lot more woody. You know, a lot more vanilla. And you know things like that. Then, then the whiskey. You know, because the whiskey was big in the aroma, not oak really, but whiskey. And it was opposite in the flavor, where it was more oaky in the flavor and less whiskey. I kind of get the feeling. This is one of those beers where they left some of the bourbon in the barrel. <laughs> there, there's a strong bourbon flavor here. Took a second sip, and yeah, it's a lot bigger on the on the on the bourbon. So you know, bourbon, uh, corn whiskey. It's it has a very distinctive and, and interesting um, flavor to it. Um, boy, it's 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 strong in here. I've never had a. I've never tried you know corn or I, well, I've had, I've had a commercial grade. White Lightning, you know, the stuff you can buy in the mason jar at the liquor store. Right. I've never had real White Lightning. I was going to say I never had bourbon distilled, but I guess that's pretty much the same thing. So I guess I have. Bourbon, the, the oak really makes bourbon good because uh, yeah. that corn whiskey that I had, that was... That. There's, you know, at least um, Biravka calls it a Russian... <laughs> It's it's hard for me it, to it's, say. It's a wood aged beer. I mean, yeah. you know that's that that's a better qualifier for it. I I'm not I'm not getting the you know the kind of flavor complexity and and stuff that I was getting out of the Avery. I have to say, I mean, there's a strong bourbon component here, and I'm I'm a bourbon fan, but there's not I'm not getting those dark fruits. Yeah, I'm not it's getting. It's almost the yeah. I mean, it's not. The same style. If you're if you're going to have to draw comparisons at the end, it's going to be difficult because either you penalize it because it doesn't taste like an imperial stout, or you love it because it's a wood aged beer and you wanted yeah. a wood aged beer. Oh, know? it's it's bourbon. Yeah, well, I you mean, can. I mean, wood aged beers are tasty. I, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying that. I mean, bad. I'm just saying, wow. This this the, is uh, this is it, a it, very it? strong bourbon. This is this is bourbon. The last show beer in beer form. We had you know that black gold, the, the barrel aged black and gold from Full Sail, and I remember on the show we weren't super super high on it. I think I was higher on it than you were. I had the leftovers the next day. I don't know if it was flight is everything or if a little oxidation. Open that beer up, but when I took off that that stopper and drank it the next day, uh-huh. oh my god, it was so good! It was oh my god, it was so good. <laughs> Which is my fault. I forgot to bring home the stoppers that you gave me, mm-hmm. so you can blame me on that. JD did said he did give us the girly stoppers yeah. on purpose. Which he, is fine. He kept the green ones and the white ones, and gave us the pink ones. Frankly, I should buy my own, so that we should order some more yeah. of those because they work. They work as good, if not, I don't know. They probably don't work better than Crown Caps, but they're they work as good as Crown Caps to reseal the bottles. There's these uh, Xylus um, little uh, wine bottle stopper things, but they they hold in carbonation too, so they work fine for um, champagne, beer, whatever, and. Uh, yeah, we use those for our, when we have bombers left over for the show and drink them a couple of days later. Because, I mean, for example, we drank 
Not very much of the Black Ops. Not much of the Black Ops at all. <laughs> There's like well over a pint of Black Ops left. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we'll put a stopper on him. I have a Xylus still, so we'll put a stopper on the Xylus. We'll put a cap on the Czar. Mm-hmm. And uh, and go from there. No, I, I like this, but like we were saying, it's going to be hard to judge because it's a different beer. I like this because it's a wood age beer. I don't like this because it's a prototypical um, or archetypical. Um, it's pretty one note for me. It's it's hitting me like bourbon beer, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what you had to say for the um, the full sale too. So it's hard to do this wood age version of a style you know style beer mixed in right. If if we had our act together. We would have saved the Black Ops, the Barrel Age Boris, and the, what's the point of that? And the, and the Black and Gold <laughs> having our act together. Yeah. So don't don't penalize it too much just because it's out of flight. I'm but... not penal. I'm not necessarily penalizing. Well, I might be, but I'm not penalizing it because it's not an Imperial Stout. I'm penal- I may be penalizing it because all I'm really getting is just carbonated bourbon with a little less alcohol, and yeah. that's just and and that may not be what I'm. What my tongue wants to right, right. I, I hate to say this, but I can't disagree very much with what you're saying. I like it. I like wood age beers. I paid twenty, almost twenty seven dollars for this beer. Right. Uh-huh. I bought this at uh, Three Sons, I believe. Now one for the road. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a wood age beer where I'm tasting a lot of wood age and. Not beer, mm-hmm. bourbon. So, but it's good. But yeah, it, it's complexity isn't a word I'd use, right? Yeah, I mean the bourbon is good, the the wood is good. There's some complexity there, but it's not bad bourbon. Yeah, it's just not complex beyond that. Yeah. So the next one we have, and someone someone out there heard me say Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and thinks that we're going to open up a Kate the Great. We're not. We don't have Kate the Great. No, this is Smutty Nose's Imperial Stout. Um, at an amazing price. I just crumbled up the price tag here. I think it was five ninety nine or something. Yeah, amazing price. A bomber yeah. in Pennsylvania at five ninety nine for Imperial Stout. Um, Do you know what you vintage this is? Never see that. This because um, I have different numbers for different vintage. They have a little uh, pre uh, bottled conditioned in. 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. Uh, but there's no notch. There's they no didn't notch. notch the label. So if this were 2007, it would be 10%. 2009, it'd be 8.9%. 2010, it'd be 9.8. So this is a it's nine. hovering around the this 9. This is a 2009, I would okay. say. Maybe a 2010, but probably a 2009. 20-09. This is, uh... You know, that's, that was a real lost opportunity. We went through a whole decade of aughts, yeah. and no one used aught. It's too bad. It is. It's a shame. But we can always look back nostalgically and call them the aughts. Yeah. It just sounded so old-timey, you know? It, and you couldn't get... You couldn't think... You couldn't say aught six and not think 1906. You know, I think that the, the, the problem... Yeah, the problem was it wasn't, it wasn't a good time for... for interesting irony then <laughs> whereas now it's a great time for irony so the irony works now mm-hmm. to say odd and it didn't back then hmm. that's yeah. a different aroma it's definitely different so this one is very dark it's got some amber highlights tan a mid tan head on this one. I didn't talk about the heads on all the other ones, but just they weren't white. They were they were brownish, yeah. dark tan. Yeah, there were no white heads. This one, this one has a, a nice label. This Which is, is good, a good. You don't like this one has a, a maritime chart. So we have um, we have um, Star Island, which is their starlet named after the Star Island signal. There is a Smutty Nose Island, which I never heard of before. Cedar Island and Hog Island. And has all the little depths. You know, if you're sailing, you don't want to run aground. What is interesting is the north is like in the bottom right-hand side of the label. So, so I'm smelling kind of a 
frankly fusel alcohol aroma and um so a little off and some roasty qualities there too some uh dark uh I'm not, dark roast I, so what i'm getting isn't really the fusel alcohols i'm getting this fungal mushroomy um, not really sewer drain. It's not too sulfury. It's more of this mushroom fungal thing. You're not very far off there. You're really not. I, I you know, if you can imagine, uh, you know, you, you, you make a cremini paste, it would probably smell a cremini lot like this. Paste? Yeah, yeah. Every time I come up with mushrooms, I think back to when we were at Saver. Did you hear when I was talking to, was it Devil's Backbone? I was talking to some guy that was brewing this award-winning Vienna lager. Uh-huh. And, you know, this is at mid-end of Saber. I, I'm tuned up, but I'm still trying to do interviews. Did I even post that one? I hope I posted it. I don't know. I, I you think didn't I, post all your interviews. Yeah, I didn't post all the Saber stuff. I'll have to get back to that someday. Um, lost saver <laughs> interviews. So award winning Vienna lager. And, you know, I talk about, you know, Sam Adams and he thinks Sam Adams is too hoppy for, you know, the traditional Vienna lager. And that's fine. So I mentioned, oh, it has this interesting earthy flavor to it. It's kind of mushroomy. And you would think that I, I called his kid ugly. You know, I mean, it, he just, you could feel the air get sucked out of the room uh-huh. type thing. And I was just trying to be honest and try. I didn't mean it as an insult. It was interesting. Yeah. But I, this brewer did not want to hear his beer taste like mushrooms. Well, then that brewer needs to um, <laughs> needs to let go a bit and accept that people are not going to appreciate his beer always. And also, I have seen ugly kids before. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go into the flavor here. See if we got some fungal stuff going on in the flavor. Yeah. Not really. It's 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 dark fruits. Mm-hmm. It's um It's not too rich though. There, no, it's there's it's, a little age on. I, I so I remember buying this in the summertime. So this is probably about a year in, I I purchased it probably about 14 or 15 months ago. But it's an imperial stout. I figured, yeah, you know, yeah. no hurry drinking it. So here's what I would say. I wonder if it was discounted because it was already old. <laughs> it might have been. It's got dark fruits. It's got those plum and cherry, but it's all kind of obvious. It's all kind of there, there's not a whole lot of complexity. It, it's it's a it's a layer of of flavor that while it fits style wise stylistically. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't strike me. It's it's not popping. There, there is some fusels, or maybe a touch of acetone. It is it is on such a low level that you don't taste the nail polish remover. Right. But in the mid aftertaste, you get this this deja vu, this hint, this just this very subtle like pinch of. Hey, there's something wrong here. It it cuts the complexity. It makes those flavors, those those uh, dark fruit flavors, actually taste a little medicinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't give them, you know, so it gives them a, a syrupy quality that shouldn't be there. Yeah, it's not drinkable. It's not luscious. Luscious. Yeah. It's the opposite of luscious. Yeah, it, it's almost repulsive. Almost. It wouldn't go that far. Well, what's 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 a very kind and subtle. Word for repulsion, um, <laughs> like just barely repulsive. What's that word? Just barely repulsive. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not repugnant. Um, <laughs> creepy. It's is it creepy? Uh, <laughs> it's off-putting. <laughs> off-putting. Yes, there's an off-putting fl- off-putting aura to yeah. to this beer. Yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't draw you in. It kind of, it pushes you away. I think that's a good way to put it, actually. It doesn't draw you in. It, it kind of pushes you away. Like I said, I mean, the, those flavors there are right, but they're they're medicinal. They're, they're, not, they're not right. 
the 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 right type of flavor, but they feel like they were put in there by you know um, drips of of some sort a little of little eyedropper, yeah, yeah, eyedropper instead of actually being get there by the roast, which is we know that's not how it's done, yeah. But there's a, probably a reason why this was five ninety nine and not uh, and not more. And I don't think it's somebody knows his fault. It's probably just the beer was handled poorly. Maybe yeah, maybe it was old beer when I bought it. I don't know. It's uh, but it's it's. It's a it's a last place beer for tonight. Um, Do you want to try you, something else? You may have heard the uh, the double dump dump bucket there. Let me uh let me peer into the cellar real fast. See if there's another stout that might be okay to drink at you know seventy yeah degrees. Come on, mouse, find the pause button. It's over a little bit to the there, uh, there you go. All okay. right, well yeah, go ahead. You go ahead. We're having a slightly warm version of the Yeti Imperial Stout from uh, Great Divide Brewing Company. This is uh, was, a long time ago, one of my favorites I haven't had in a while. So I can't say it's one of my favorites. That one pours like squid ink. <laughs> really black. Like, when you're pouring out of the neck of the bottle, you normally ah, get Ah, it's got lots, that squid ink smell, too. You normally get lots and of highlights. It's, and, uh, and this thing's like ink. It's a very yeah, it's dark beer. If there's a highlight on here, I'm not seeing it. It's Great Divides in Denver, Colorado. Dark. It is dark. It has that same smell that the Czar had. It does. It has that has that not just roast and chocolate and coffee, but it has barley. Yeah. It has that it has that barley wine character in there also. Again, another one that I'm not sure if I had the blindfold on, I'd call it black beer just from the aroma. Well, now that I'm starting to recognize this kind of squid inky aroma, I might now be able to detect that. Okay. Um, it's again another squid inky. It it just it it has that interesting and unique and to me at least alluring aroma. See, I don't know it as well. What I thought I was smelling in the Avery as squid ink is not in this beer, though. So I wasn't smelling the same thing you were smelling. Well, okay, so instead of squid ink, think of it along the lines of really dark caramel uh, and a bit of of a roasty... There's a little something coffee like. There's but, a little booziness too, right? Yeah. And that could be you know, talk about that lime zing, that acidity. Yeah. You know, and replace the the acidity acidity with a little booziness. There's a and I can I can kind of see how that would be in there, but I'm not getting the other the um, the fermented prune fermented part? prune stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm not getting too on the aroma alone. Not getting too much of the dark fruit. That this has less dark fruit and more roast than than the Avery did. My cellar is at seventy degrees right now, yeah. so we're drinking this guy at seventy. But he 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 goes down pretty well at seventy. He does. Uh, he's hold on a second. Let's see if I can get some information on him. Nine point five percent alcohol by volume. Seventy five IBUs. That's all I got for you in terms of info. You know, this this fits my desire for Russian Imperial Stout. Mm-hmm. It has that dark. Oh, how do I describe that? It's not. It's not a coffee roast though, or. It's not no. It's not a cocoa roast. It, it is a more coffee-like roast. It is a little whiny. It's like think of like the Wait. yeah the <laughs> if you can take like a dry red right, but take out all the cherries and and pears and other fruits like that, and just take the chalkiness and how, how dry it sits on your palate. I don't know if I'm tell me if I'm describing this well. But that's kind of the flavor that I look for in Russian Imperial Stouts. Imperial Stouts, where it's... 
Oh, I feel like I'm leaving something very important out to what I'm trying to say. I feel you. I feel I, I think that it's it's slightly hurt by being a little warmer than the others. If this were a little bit, you know, more around sixty, it would be mm-hmm. almost perfect. It's a little warm. That's just a function of we not having any time to cool it. Um as but yeah, this is this is it has the warming effect. It has the 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 flavors I want to get from it. It has the that that kind of hug feeling <laughs> that you get from drinking a you know a really a, a delicious stout, you know, a strong stout with high alcohol. You kind of feel a little like you put a blanket on. I would say this beer has been in my cellar for four years or more, so it, it's well aged. I'm not tasting any oxidation or flaws from the age. I think it is. I think it's in a really good spot right now. It's a, it's a rare class that you know a beer that's relatively old like this is excellent. I mean, it really well, is excellent. Old and warm. I mean, it has. It it's not able to hide anything. Yeah. You know, it's giving you, you know, everything that's volatilizing and evaporating is getting up in our sinuses and we're getting every bit of maximum aroma on this thing. Absolutely. Everything that could be flawed with this would come out Yeah, at this temperature. And there's no flaws. It, it, I mean, there's no appreciable flaws, let's put it that way. It's... there's So, I want to get back to the flavor a little bit more in the, in the, in the mouthfeel. Take the sip and get this this roast you get, um, so you have a, a you have a mix of like really dark chocolate, you know, something that's at least seventy five eighty percent, you know, cacao. Yeah, and then you have a coffee. You know, uh, I have a, I'm drinking coffee. I'm working through right now. I'm working through two coffees, but I got one is it's a it's called the Ring of Fire. It's a mix of um, South Pacific, so you got some Indonesia, some. Yeah, it's more on that side. It's more yeah. the, the kind of funk instead of the uh, Arabica, which is the yeah. normal coffee, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting this Indonesian type coffee thing where it, it's a little, it's it's really dark and it's um, sharp, right? And, and that's the kind of thing I'm getting on it. And then you get the booziness and a little bit of warming, but it's not it's not fusel. It, the it's just enough alcohol. Yeah. And it just because. I like a boozy imperial stout. If if you can't taste the alcohol, you know if it's not saying, "Hey, I'm I'm alcoholic, I'm boozy," then you know it, it's not my top tier. And, and this guy's dialed in; he he's nailing it. And I've always been a big fan of Yeti. And I, like you, I haven't had it in a few years, and I'm in love. This yeah, is good. yeah. This is. I mean, I I think that we. I think that. I kind of fell in love with Great Divide a couple of years ago. And I had this feeling, and I don't know whether it was true or not, you can tell me, that you poo-pooed them a little bit compared to some other breweries. And No, I, I, don't, I never really never really had... Or just didn't, I, I just, never you didn't really, consider I, them top shelf. I'm not sure that's it. I, I'm trying to think what I may have thought. I never gave them a cold shoulder or anything like that. No, you didn't. I, I think some of their... They're a different brewery now than they were four or five years ago. But I'm thinking back to some of their um, mainstream beers like St. Bridget's Porter, you know, like five years ago. And, I, you know, I didn't love it. You know, maybe maybe that's what, maybe that's what you're remembering. But Yeti and many of their beers. And, you know, ever since they, like, Samurai? I love Samurai. Yeah, Samurai. Hades, they're they're um they're Golden Strong, Belgian Golden Strong. I think they're they're I love IPAs. Hercules, I think. Well, Titan, Titan is a regular IPA. I love that. Hercules is a double IPA. I I may have I don't know if poo poo is the right word, but I don't like that as much as their it's mm-hmm. it's like Southern Tier. I like their regular IPA much better than their unearthly IPA. Mm-hmm. You know? And and Great Divide the same way. I like Titan better than Hercules. So, but no, I don't think I've ever had much ill to say about Great Divide. I, I, I don't remember I, you ever having any ill to say. I just remember I was, you kind of thinking that if was, other... If I'm trying to think of something that I don't like about Great Divide, it's probably St. Bridget's Porter. I need to try it again, but last time I had it, several years ago, 
it was really uh, lacking, unnoteworthy. Yeah, yeah, that can happen. Yeah. But again, but we, no, we've I, said many times, beers and brewing breweries have had to keep up with if the Joneses. You, but it, I mean, just okay. So there's one beer I don't love. If yeah. but there, if I look at their lineup as a whole, solid brewery. Fan, you know. Fantastic, the right word. Fantastic might be a little hyperbole, but solid. I I, I like them. So, so <laughs> I, I would with, say at, at the Eddie. very least, Great Divide is on par with Stone for me. At the very least, they're uh, they're they're a brewery that has a very wide um, distribution radius. Yeah. So they're practically nationwide, like Stone. So I could see how that could be, you know. Similar. But I, here's uh, something. Here, I'll give you something interesting. I consider Boston beer a better brewery or like a, a brewery that fits me and is more interesting to me than both Stone and Great Divide. Now, I know that they're more popular mm-hmm. and they have some more popular stuff, but they do things very out of the ordinary and crazy great stuff. See, I, I love. What I want to say is, why do you? Why are you making me choose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? No, I mean, there's, <laughs> there is that. Uh, if I had to rank the three breweries, I think I would put Great Divide on top. Um, but you know, it's a tight race, right? I mean, have you had the uh, the the fall variety case from Boston Beer yet? I have not. They have um, the pumpkin ale. They have a Roush beer. They have... Yes, I did actually. Yes, and the Roush okay. beer is really good too. The Roush beer surprised me with. I mean, I found the Roush beer intensely smoky. Yeah, but it was like, a good smoky, and I'm it not. Was, huge... It was. It was. Okay, is not good enough, and good is a little too too um, too um, too much. I was shocked at at how intensely smoky it was. <laughs> the pumpkin beer was good. What's the other one they have in that? They have the Boston Lager, the pumpkin. The Roush beer in the Oktoberfest, Oktoberfest, which was nice and malty. Oktoberfest, I, you know what? I I was disappointed by the Oktoberfest, and then I've had other like yesterday. I had a couple other Oktoberfests. I had Great Lakes. I had uh, Victory. I had Polliner. I'm, I it's I'm not tuned in Oktoberfest this year. Last year mm. I was. Last year I was loving everything Oktoberfest. This year. I've been disappointed by every October. Really, I've I had. like a big multi Oktoberfest, and I think the Sam Adams ones this year is, is was pretty good. I've, I haven't had too many of those, so I've been disappointed by every one I've had this year. So it has to be me. All right. Well, one th- one thing to say is try the Victory Fest beer. It's not as hoppy as it has been in past years. All right. Because in past years, I found that the Victory Fest beer has been too hoppy, and it's been one of my least favorites. And they dialed it back a little bit. Or, or a little bit or a lot, depending on your point of view. I'm not pouring out the beer, just cleaning my glass. So, ranking time. Okay, I got a rank. First beer of the night is going to be the uh, the Audible here, or the Great Divide Yeti. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Kudos to you, Great Divide. Um, I knew I liked that beer. I have several in the cellar, as Greg saw, because yeah. I like this beer. And I haven't tasted it in a while. And got an oak age Yeti too in there. I don't have any of the awesome chocolate Yeti. And they have like eight different kinds of Yeti. They do everything with it. Number two, I'm going to stick in uh, Colorado, but I'm going to roll up the boulder. Um, the Czar, Imperial Stout. That guy will be number two. Number three, I'm going to put the uh, the Black Ops. Um, this is on, did I enjoy the beer? Not so much did the beer fit the style, right? Because we talked about this ad nauseum earlier, right. where I don't think it tastes like an imperial style. It tastes like a wood-aged beer. Uh, a good wood-aged beer, but a wood-aged beer. So, uh, Black Ox number three, and the Old Rasputin, I'm going to put in number four. Uh, too hoppy. Mm-hmm. Not, not imperial style-like. And it's funny that I'm saying that today. Um, <laughs> well... You, if I go back to Jeff in 2004, 2003, um, Jeff 2003 loved Russian Imperial Stouts. If you asked him to name his favorite Russian Imperial Stout, it was Old Rasputin. Uh, I, I 
Either Jeff also was probably 2004 really into hops. I don't know. No, not for Russian Imperials. I, well, maybe. Who knows? I. I it's 2011, I, man. I know. I, I liked it. Seven years. Well, I liked it. I loved it. And then it got too hoppy, so I had to start cellaring it. Can you it, imagine right? seven years? Maybe it was even more than that. I don't know. It's hard to say. But at one point, Rasputin was the gold standard. And today it was hoppy American style. Mm-hmm. Did I change? Probably. Yes, I changed. Did old Rasputin change? I don't know. But it's not as fond. It's not. It doesn't match the fondness of memory. Hmm. It, but uh, you know what? My number. The other one of my favorite Imperial Stouts from back in that era, Bell's Expedition, doesn't live up to my memories anymore. Got a lot of licorice. It's got brewer's licorice in it. It may not appeal to everybody. Yeah, the, the Bell's Expedition. That was another one of my favorite beers. Imperial Stout loved it. That's a. And it's never. It's never as good as I remember it being. You know, that that's a, a a danger and something you have to deal with when you expand your palate, is mm-hmm. that you start to not necessarily love things that you used to absolutely love. Well, at least we can find new loves. Yes, definitely. And I assume your last beer... This money knows. We poured it out. I mean, there's there was, like I there was a little bit of... Um, acetone in there you yeah. know it was you know we detect that at like parts per million parts per billion you know there's like one or two or three but just enough to yeah i'm close to you not quite the same obviously yeti we both loved uh there's no reason why it shouldn't be number one it really i mean even at 70 degrees maybe maybe even a little higher i don't know it's like 70 degrees and like four years old yeah um, just delicious, just, you know, right on the money, flawless in terms of, you know, fusels or any of that other stuff. There's nothing there. You know, no oxidation. It was you know, is a very beautiful beer. Uh, it's next to the Czar. Uh, again, you know, the same sort of, you know, I loved those. I talked about those, um, those big, uh, not just the esters, but the phenol, the phenolic mm-hmm. stuff that comes out yeah. of it. The, yeah, that was more spicy. Yeah, it wasn't to me. It wasn't as luscious. No, it, but, it, it, it didn't was. have that blanket quality that but the Yeti it, had. It had some interesting things going on. It really there. did. My third would be Old Rasputin, even though I don't think it it fits in the um, in the Imperial Russian Imperial at least. It's a damn good American hoppy stout. No, it was a good beer. I mean, the moral of the story is Greg just hates barrels. Um, but <laughs> oh, I hate him. I'm, I'm like uh, I'm like Donkey Kong. I just want to throw him at Mario. I was going to say Elias, <laughs> but yeah, you know, Donkey Kong, sure. My my fourth beer is Black Ops, simply because to me it, it I didn't really love that thing. I mean, it it was like a bourbon beer and. Not what I wanted to taste when I was in a you know a flight of mm-hmm. of stouts. Well, that definitely was a detriment to Black Ops tonight. Yeah. It, if we had our act together, like I said, we should have done Black Ops Black and Gold from Full Sail, the Barrel Age Black right, and Gold, yeah. and Barrel Age Boris in a and, flight, and Barrel Age Yeti, I think, and Barrel Age and, and yeah, and Barrel Age Yeti. That would have been amazing if I could if I could undrink the beers. I would do that right now. <laughs> Let's rewind time. Let's get some neutrinos and throw them through. <laughs> Listen to the pre-show. <laughs> uh, you know, Smutty knows. Like I said, medicinal. It, you know, it, when when stuff comes out medicinal, that's not good. That just is not good. And it, it's, I think it's because these Smutty noses were not handled correctly. But if, I don't have can, a good. If you live in Pennsylvania and you can buy a bomber of Imperial Stout for five dollars. Um, drink it the day you bring it home. Don't sell it for a year and a half. Yeah, that's that. Or don't or don't buy it. There's your lesson. So for all you Pennsylvania listeners who see Smutty Nose for five dollars, there's your lesson. I, I mentioned the Pennsylvania thing because in some states they do find bombers for five dollars a bomber. Yeah, in Pennsylvania you never find a bomber for uh, for five bucks. There's so many taxes and stuff thrown on that. Yeah, yeah. it's like a twenty seven percent tax. Anyway. Thank you, everybody. It's uh, I think this has been a very fun show. If 
you know, some of the beers didn't live up to potential, but that doesn't necessarily mean we didn't enjoy the show. No, it was it was fun. Thank it's kind you. of the inverse of the first law. Yes, the uh, the, the uh, first law of craft beer radio is the how how would you put it the 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 the, the, the greatness of the show is directly proportional to the greatness of the beers, and I think that we had some two you know. One really great beer, one really good beer, and the rest were kind of eh. But I think we did a good show. So I guess Craft Beer Radio's second law is the perception of the quality of the show is directly proportional to the inebriation of the hosts. And th- Yes, and that still holds. <laughs> These were strong beers. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks.